You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. So much in this passage, I felt that I just barely <clears throat> scraped the surface of what God wanted us to consider last week and I really believe he's driven us back into this passage this week. 2,700 years ago, Isaiah wrote this prophecy, and it has come true in the day and age in which we live. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, I'll read through verse 25. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, the war rages. That put darkness for light and light for darkness. The war rages. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. The war rages. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from them, the war rages. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness and their blossoms shall go out as dust because they have cast away our land, our nation, our people have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them and hath smitten them, and the hills did tremble and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets." For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the preaching of this passage of Scripture once again as we delve into it. And we look at the war that's raging all around us and the war that also rages within. Father, may you bring us to the victory side. Is that song was sung by the choir. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The war rages. Last week we entitled the message, When Up is Down and Down is Up. Doesn't it seem like we're living in a day when up is down and down is up? When men call evil good and good evil and put light for darkness and darkness for light, Bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Wise in their own eyes. Taking away the righteousness of the righteous from them. That is the day in which we now presently live as Christ's church. It's an exciting day because the Bible says, let your light so shine. Never have I in my lifetime seen the war raging as it is today in our nation. I want you to stop thinking, we're not a nation at peace anymore. 
We are a nation at war. The war rages in our nation, it rages in the world, and I see it raging in individual Christian lives every single day. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that that great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. You may remember the Bible says concerning the fall of Satan, thou hast been in the garden of Eden. Every precious stone was thy covering. Thou wast the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways until the day that iniquity was found in thee. I will cast thee as profane out of the mount of God. Jesus said in that day, I saw Satan like lightning fall from heaven. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Listen, Satan's time is running out. His dominion is running out. And he is taking all the weapons at his disposal, and he is launching them, I believe, against the world, our nation, and against us as Christ's church. I believe that we can quickly see the return of our Lord Jesus approaching. The Bible says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. The day of what? The day of the return of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's about to come. The Bible says, Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. It won't get better and better. It's going to get worse and worse. Deceiving and themselves being deceived. The Bible tells us that his return is even at the door when we see these things come to pass. The Bible tells us to lift up our heads for our redemption draweth nigh. I'm going to tell you something, church. We need to be more focused on heaven than we have ever been as a church. The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan. The war rages on. I want you to understand this. Be behind the war that we can see without, there is an invisible war taking place behind. This is a spiritual war. The war between good and evil. The war between light and darkness. The war between truth and lies. It's the invisible war that God has called every one of us of his people to fight. Fight a good fight of faith. Lay hold of your eternal life. It's a war not against flesh and blood. That's easy for us to get sidetracked and see that the enemy is this person or this situation. When the enemy is an invisible enemy, it's Satan and his principalities and powers. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Listen, against the rulers, rulers. Do you hear that word? Rulers of the darkness that's in this world. We're in a warfare. And if we are in a warfare and we are in a battle and the battle is raging, we better put on the whole armor of God. Last week I spent quite a bit of time talking about the kingdom of God and the various aspects of the kingdom of God. Many of you text me, some of you talk to me, said I've never really heard that before, never really put that together before. I learned so much with last week's message, so I'm just going to repeat a few things, not going to go into it in depth, but there is a war between two kingdoms. The war between Satan's kingdom and the kingdom of God. Last week we saw that the kingdom of God has four aspects to it and you really have to look into the context of the passage in which the kingdom of God is found to discern what kingdom exactly is being talked about. There is that universal kingdom. The Bible said the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. Remember Nebuchadnezzar, King, prideful King Nebuchadnezzar, after being humiliated... And after being humbled for seven years, eating grass like an oxen and his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle, he said, now I know that there is a God in heaven who ruleth over all. That is the universal kingdom of our God. We talked about the heavenly kingdom. Verily, verily, I say unto you, and except you become converted and become as a little child, you shall no wise enter the kingdom of what? The kingdom of heaven. But sometimes the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are used interchangeably. Like when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler and the disciples were observing this conversation. And after he was done dealing with the rich young ruler, then Jesus said to the disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. So here he likens the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven to the very same kingdom. So that tells me God's kingdom has different aspects. There is the universal aspect of the kingdom of God where he rules over all. There is that heavenly kingdom, which we know as heaven itself, but then the Bible talks about an earthly kingdom. An earthly kingdom. This is what was prophesied by the Old Testament prophets over and over again. Remember the words of Isaiah. We bring these words up and this passage up a lot during Christmas time, but it says, For unto us a child is what? Born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon what? His shoulders. I can't wait for the governor for the government to be upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Won't that be a wonderful day? His earthly kingdom. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase. The increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it, he will order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is going to happen. 
Daniel said the God of heaven one day will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Gabriel said to Mary that that babe conceived within her womb would be great and would be called the son of the highest and the Lord God would give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. The book of Revelation goes into great detail to describe this future earthly messianic millennial kingdom over which Jesus Christ will be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we shall reign with him in this kingdom of righteousness. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, Whereunto shall the kingdom of God and here he's referring to his kingdom on earth, another aspect. Shall the kingdom of God be likened? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of a mustard seed. We all, we've all heard about the mustard seed, right? It's like a grain of a mustard seed, the kingdom my future kingdom on earth will be like a grain of a mustard seed. It's going to start out very small. Why do you say it will start out very small? Because only those who are saved and make it through the tribulation period will enter into the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ as he returns in his second coming. The battle of Armageddon, the setting up of his kingdom, all those who endure to the end that come through that tribulation period, and there will only be a few. By the way, let me say this. The greatest time of revival that the world has ever seen will take place during the tribulation period. The nation of Israel shall be saved as in a day. Their blindness will be rolled back. Many Gentiles will be saved during that time. The 144 witnesses will preach the gospel. The two witnesses also will preach the gospel. But there's going to be great persecution against believers during that time. Those that endure to the end and make it through will be saved and will come into the millennial kingdom. That's the, that's the grain of the mustard seed. It is like a grain of a mustard seed which when it is sown in the earth, that earthly kingdom, is less than all the seeds of the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh a great herb with branches so even the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. So what's, what is he talking about about this earthly kingdom? Going to start out very small. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. The church saints will rule and reign with him in his kingdom. Start out very small. But listen, all curse will be removed. No more curse upon the land. No more curse upon woman. The potential to live a thousand years. The desert will blossom like a... No more war. Only righteousness. Sin will not be tolerated, will not be allowed because he rules with a rod of iron in his kingdom. Can you imagine the propagation of the kingdom and how many people... Could you imagine... You know how many ladies I know that stop having children after two or three children because there was complications? Could you imagine if the curse was... Re how many ladies have ever had a baby? Could you imagine no pain in childbirth? How many ladies would say amen to that? No shortage of food. 
no war, Christ ruling. It starts out as a grain of a mustard seed, but it groweth great, greater than all the herbs, great in its branches. God's kingdom on earth will grow. Jesus had a conversation with his disciples after his death and resurrection. Are you still with me? About this earthly kingdom. I know I'm spending a little bit more time on that today, but it's important. Remember, what were the disciples looking for? They were looking for an earthly kingdom. Remember, Jesus said to Pilate, if my kingdom were of this world, now one day it will be, but if my kingdom were of this world, then would my soldiers fight. But it's not of this world. So the kingdom didn't come. Their savior was crucified. He's now risen and having a conversation with his disciples. And when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore the kingdom? What about now? You didn't do it then. They crucified you. You're risen from the dead. Are you going to restore your earthly kingdom now? And remember, Jesus said, it's not for you to know. That is reserved for the Father to know. The only thing you need to do is go out to all the world and preach the gospel. So there's the universal kingdom. There's the heavenly kingdom. There's the, there's the earthly kingdom. I probably spent more time on that than I should. But then there's a fourth kingdom, and that's the kingdom that's within the heart of every one of us. Luke chapter 17, verse 21, the kingdom of God is within you. This is the spiritual rule of the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit over the hearts and lives of those who have been born again. Jesus said, I will dwell in them. I will dwell in them. My kingdom's not of this world. Right now, Today, Christ's kingdom is in the heart of every one of you who have accepted him as Lord and Savior. Can I see your hand if you're not ashamed of Jesus? All right, then the Holy Spirit indwells you. I will dwell in them. God's Holy Spirit dwells within you. So I have a question. Who, right now, today, we know about the universal kingdom, we know about the heavenly kingdom, we know about that future earthly kingdom, but what about the kingdom that's within your heart today? Who is, literally, who is sitting on the throne of your heart today? Is it S-E-L-F? Or is it the Savior? Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. Who is on the throne of your heart and life today? This I say, walk in the Spirit and ye will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and they are contrary one to another, so you cannot do the things that you ought to do. The war rages within. 
Romans chapter 6, such a familiar passage. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness and sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey. The passage go on, goes on, yield, 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 surrender, 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 submit, submit. Who is on your heart's throne today? Is it Christ? The universal kingdom, he is. The heavenly kingdom, he is. The earthly kingdom, he will be. But what about your heart and life today? Is he? I, I quoted this last week. I want to do it again. It says, it is the task of the church to make the invisible kingdom visible. We do that by living in such a way that we bear witness to the reality of the kingship of Christ. King of my life, I crown thee now. Of the kingship of Christ in our jobs, our families, our schools, yes, and even in our checkbook. Because God in Christ is king over every one of the spheres of life. The only way the kingdom of God is going to be manifested in this world before Christ comes is if we manifest it in the way we live as citizens of heaven and subjects of the king. Amen. And I could end the message right there, but I won't. Don't get too excited. I won't. The kingdom of Satan wars against the kingdom of God. Remember when the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out demons under the power of Beelzebub, the prince of demons? Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. And then he said this. He said, if Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. And then he says this, how shall his kingdom stand? Well, God has a kingdom, but so does Satan. The Bible says he is the God of this world. Are you with me? He is the God right now, presently today. He is the God of this world. Temporarily. John said, we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. See, what is he talking about there? The idea that the whole world is under the control and domination of the wicked one, Satan himself. Remember what I quoted earlier? In Satan's fall, thou hast been in the Garden of Eden. Satan entered into that beautiful Garden of Eden. Every precious stone was his covering. Had musical instruments in his very being. He was called Lucifer, the bright and shining and glorious one. I will be like the Most High. And the Most High said, oh, no, you won't. And he was cast out into the earth. And one third of the angels went with him. You say, how many angels are there, Pastor? The Bible says there is an innumerable number of angels. 
Only God knows, and there's so many, you can't count them. Only God knows one-third of that number went with him in the fall. So what did he do when he was there in the Garden of Eden? He came to Eve. What did he say? You can be like I will be like God. You can be like God. And she took the forbidden fruit and she ate. She gave it to her husband and he what? He did eat. Now, stay with me from last week. Who had the Lord given dominion of the earth to? Adam and Eve. The Bible makes that very clear. He gave them dominion. But in the fall, Satan took that legal document, that title deed of the earth, and he snatched it away. And now, after the fall of man, who now has dominion over this world? The God of this age. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Temporarily. Then the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 5, I wish we had time to, I was going to read it and I actually deleted it. Because it's the whole chapter. But there in the Revelation... Talks about how John wept because no one was worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. But one was found, the lion from the tribe of Judah. He stood up and he took the seal out of the hand of the Heavenly Father. And he began to open every one of those seven seals. And as he opened those seven seals, those seven seals led to the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. I want to tell you something today. It's going to happen. Satan is the God of this world only temporarily. Then he will be taken and he will be cast into the bottomless pit. How long is he going to be there? For the entire millennial reign of Jesus Christ, 1,000 years. At the end of that 1,000 years, he'll be loose for a little season. One more final rebellion, the battle of Gog and Magog. And forever he will be cast into the lake of fire with the, with the uh, Antichrist and the false prophet and will be tormented day and night forever and ever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's our future. What is our life? It is but a vapor that appeareth for a little season, a little time, and then it, it vanisheth away and yet we get so focused on that little time that we forget about all that that God has in store for us. As Christians, we need to make a decision. Who's going to be the king of my life? I know Satan is the God of this world temporarily, but he does not need to be the God of my life. Amen. 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 To whom you yield yourselves, servants, to obey his servants, ye are. Yes, he is the God of this world now. He is the prince and the power of the air now, but it's all on a temporary basis. Where in times past, before we were saved, we walked according to the course of this world, which Satan was in control of, according to the prince and the power of the air. Listen, he may right now be the prince and the power, power of the air, but he does not have to be the power over our lives. This is what I'm telling you, that war, it absolutely rages 
within us. We don't have to give place to the devil. We can fight a good fight of faith. We can endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Sin shall not have dominion over us. It's a choice that we make. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now you tell me, are we not in the evil day? Where they now call evil good and good evil. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Amen? There's never been a day in age in the history of America where we need to stand up for what is right as it is today. I mentioned the biblical words that are related to spiritual warfare, such as soldiers and warfare and fight and wrestle and strive and contend. We better get engaged. We need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And part of the problem is so many of us are part of the problem. We got to decide we cannot be divided. If Baal be God, then serve him. But if God be God, then serve him. Listen, we're, I believe God is bringing his church to a point. Who are you going to serve? Who's going to be your king? The battle between good and evil rages. David said this concerning his enemies. He said, thou lovest evil more than good. I can say that about some of our church members. That's got to change. Thou lovest evil more than good. And then he says this, lying rather than speaking righteousness. It is so upsetting today that you can't trust anyone. You don't even know who's telling you the truth anymore. The fact checkers have to check the fact checkers. Yes or no? The investigators have to invest the investigators. And you never get to the end of it. Isaiah said in Isaiah 7.15, refuse the evil, choose the good. Too many of us are not choosing the good. We're choosing the evil. Deuteronomy 30 verse 15 says this, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil. We have become so deceived by the enemy that we now think evil is good and good is evil. In the church. In the church. God's people. It's shocking how far we have departed from the truth of Scripture. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace. Pursue it. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. Let him askew evil and do good over and over and over again. In the Scriptures, the Bible calls us to do good. Be, be good doers. The war between good and evil rages. The war between light and darkness rages. Men love what? Are you in love with darkness? Men love darkness rather than light because this is why their deeds are evil. Then Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me will not walk in darkness. 
You want to walk in light? Let me tell you something. Follow Jesus. We need, we need to get some more followers of Jesus. Amen? This is the way walk ye in it. Ye are the light of the world. We are. You know, it's been said, some Bible that most people will ever read is your life. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Don't hide it. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. It giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it. Hide it under a bushel. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine till... Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Let me ask you, have you taken the light that is in you and have you put it under a bushel? Are you letting the whole world see the light of Christ in and through your life? I preached on this passage, I don't know how many times, Matthew chapter 6, the light of the body is the eye. He's not talking about this physical eye, he's talking about the conscience. I believe we have a vanishing of the conscience. When you can kill babies up to the time of birth, that's a vanishing of a conscience. When you can be a man but tr transition into a woman, that's, that's the vanishing of a conscience. When you can say that marriage between a man and a man and a woman and a woman is right, that's a vanishing of a conscience. The light of the body is the eye, the conscience. If therefore thine eye be single, clear, clean, the whole body shall be full of light. Your conscience lets light into the body. But if thine eye be evil, the light and darkness, if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? The vanishing of the conscience. When your conscience becomes seared, it becomes hardened, it becomes darkened. We're there. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. When the church starts calling evil good and good evil and starts exchanging light for darkness and bitter for sweet, something has happened to our conscience. Paul said to the Romans in chapter 13, now is high time. It's time! Now is high time. We're not going to wait any longer, church. We can't wait any longer. We've waited too long already. But now is high time to awake out of sleep. We've just kind of been sleeping along, especially these last four years. It's time to awake out of sleep, for now is your salvation nearer than when you believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us cast off. Let us cast off the works of darkness. What are the works of darkness in your life right now that you need to cast off? Those works of darkness are darkening your conscience. Not letting the light come in. 
Cast off the works of darkness. Put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and in drunkenness, not in clambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The war between good and evil, between light and darkness, between bitter and sweet. They call sweet bitter and, and bitter they call sweet. When I was thinking about this, I thought about when my, when my mom took me back. When my mom was making the Thanksgiving meal and she was cooking down the cranberries. I remember going in and taking a spoonful of cranberries before my mother added sugar to it. <laughs> you talk about bitter. I also remember stealing cocoa from my mom's, thinking it was uh, Nestle's. I, I used to steal the Nestle's hot chocolate, you know, I used to take a spoonful of it, even though it was powder, I'd take a spoonful, I'd put it in my mouth, and I'd put that cocoa in my mouth. My mom thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I also remembered, mom went back to when my mom used to make a small garden, and she would raise leaf lettuce. Remember the leaf, not, not real lettuce, not iceberg lettuce, but the leaf lettuce? And whatever the soil was that my mom grew this leaf lettuce in, that leaf lettuce was so bitter was just so bitter. You had, to, you had to put something on it in order to eat it. I can't imagine ever saying, wow, were those cranberries ever sweet? <laughs> or saying that that cocoa was so delicious. <laughs> or saying I can eat that lettuce without any dressing on it. I'm here to tell you, sin should be distasteful to every one of us. Sin should be bitter. When we sin, there should be a reaction. We, we shouldn't say, oh, that was sweet. If it is sweet, there's something wrong with your spiritual taste buds. But we're now, we're now living in an age where you could have a beer with the preacher. What? What? The world loves the bitterness of sin. You know why they developed a taste for it? As a Christian, your taste buds should have changed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new what? If your taste buds haven't changed, maybe you've never experienced the new birth. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I love what Job, this is what Job said. Cannot my taste discern perverse things? I'm here to tell you, a lot of our spiritual taste buds can't discern perverse things anymore. One of them that call evil good, good evil. Put light for darkness, darkness for light, bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent 
in their own sight. You know what the prudent, word prudent means? It means intelligent. They think they're so intelligent. The Bible says, I, the Lord, will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. He said, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Boy, has not, has not the Lord fulfilled that? Let's just throw more money at it. Let's just give more education to it. They try this, they try that, they try something else. They try this policy, they try that policy, and they don't work. Now we're going to try socialism? Are you kidding me? Seriously, are you kidding me? This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. I'll tell you what, the wisdom of this world is available to you from many sources, right? From periodicals to the internet to the television, I mean, but we have only one source of true wisdom, and it's right here. I guess I'd ask you the question, who are you getting your wisdom from? Are you getting it from the mainstream media? Are you getting it from secular education? Are you getting it from social media? Are you getting it from the internet? Are you getting it from YouTube? My sheep hear my voice, and they follow they follow me. Woe unto them, they exchange evil for good, good for evil, light for darkness, darkness for light, bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter, who are wise in their own eyes and think they're so intelligent and prudent. I will confound the wisdom of the wise. And then he goes on to say this. I, I, very seldom do I preach on this. Probably should preach on it more. I don't always see it as a problem within Christ's church, but... It's come to light that it is. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. We now live in a culture that loves alcohol. How many have ever watched Shark Tank? Whenever they have someone comes on that presents some type of alcoholic beverage, have you noticed what they say? We'll buy into that. Because the world loves their alcohol. I don't know. I grew up in a day and age when wine was a mocker and strong drink was raging. And whosoever was deceived thereby was not wise. That's the day and age I grew up in. No more. We now have social drinking even in our churches. Like I said, a beer with the preacher. I couldn't believe when this was, what, three or four years ago was advertised in the Citizens Pat paper that named a certain church in the area. You could come and have a beer with the preacher and get to know him. Christians now justify drinking. 
Do you know there was a time in our nation where we had prohibition? How many even know what prohibition is? Do you know what prohibition is? For 13 years, from 1920 to 1933, we had a prohibition against drinking. Why? Because we saw evil as evil. We saw darkness as darkness. And we saw bitter as bitter. You know, I, I, I could kind of change that today and, and say uh, marijuana is a mocker. Vaping is a mocker. The use of drugs is a mocker. Whoso has deceived thereby is not wise. And yet we have people in our church who smoke marijuana and they vape and they use drugs. Brian, you've been doing a great job in Sunday school. God's been using you to speak into the life of our young people. But why has it even gotten to the place where a former drug dealer has to talk to our young people of the fact that this is evil. Well, you know, we've, we've legalized it, so it's okay now. No, not everything that's legal is good. I'm here to tell you, we're in a mess. Oh, hear my son and be wise. Guide thy heart in thy way. Be not among wine-bibbers and riotous eaters of flesh, for gluttony and poverty shall surely come upon thee. Drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags, just drinking all the time. Hearken unto thy father that beget thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy truth and sell it not. Hold on to the truth. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contention? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look thou not upon the wine when it is red and when it moveth itself in the cup. So many to say, well, it's okay to drink as long as you don't get drunk. The Bible said don't even look at it when it moveth itself in the cup. Do you know it was forbidden for kings to drink wine and for priests to drink wine and strong drink? But does not the Bible call us as God's people? Doesn't it call us kings and priests? So many times I will talk to men and I say, here's the qualifications for the pastor. Why do you think the pastor has these qualifications? Because those are the qualifications that God wants for every man. It'll bite like a serpent. It'll sting like an adder. He said, thine eyes shall behold strange women. You get a little bit intoxicated? Alcohol, rock music, sensuality, the threesome. Thine heart shall utter perverse things.
Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, and he that is upon the top of a mask. Dangerous. They have stricken. This alcohol has stricken me. And thou shalt say, and I was not sick? They have beaten thee, and you felt it not? When I awake, listen, I will seek it again. What are we talking about there? We're talking about addiction. That's where we're at. Isaiah, you nailed it. This whole opioid epidemic that has swept America. Where did it start? Drinking, marijuana, lead vaping, other drug use. This is serious stuff. It's destroying us as a nation. It's destroying us as a church. Deuteronomy 32, 33. Listen to what it says. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel ventum of asp. I want you to think about this. I probably shouldn't say this from the pulpit, but I've gotten in trouble before. Do you know what alcohol really is? It's yeast taking a pee. The fermentation process is a process of urination. Check it out. You don't believe me? Check it out. You know what you're drinking when you drink fermented alcohol? You're drinking pee. The last one. I know this is going to be a long message. Woe unto them that justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. If you am... How am I going to do this? Just let me say, things certainly have been turned upside down. We praise those who commit unrighteousness. We punish those who commit righteousness. If you refuse, I wind this up, I promise. If you refuse to embrace evil, darkness, bitterness, wisdom, drinking, immorality, mocking those who live righteously and speak out against evil, you will not be well loved. You will not be accepted, you will not be embraced, and you will not be appreciated by this world. Mike Lindell is a perfect example of that. How many know what I'm talking about? How many don't know what I'm talking about? Mike Lindell was the creator of My Pillow. He has been sought to be silenced for his Christian faith and for his support of our president. Twitter has removed his account. Facebook has removed him. The MyPillow line of products has been removed from JCPenney, 
Bed Bath & Beyond, Kohl's, Kroger, Wayfair, HEB, which is a supermarket chain of uh, 320 supermarkets in Texas, all have removed his product. And that's not the end of it. More are going to. I'm just here to tell you, when you stand up for righteousness, you better get ready. That's where we're now at. That's right, Brother Raby. Shake your head. Did you ever think? Did you ever think we'd be here? You're going to be hated by the world. They also that render evil for good are my adversaries, David said, because I follow the thing that is good. I got verse after verse. They reward me evil for good. Jesus said, and ye shall be hated of all men for my sake. If ye are of the world, the world will love its own, but ye are not of the world. Therefore I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hath you. Why? Because it hated me before it hated you. You better decide what side you're going to fight on. I want to tell you something. I made my decision a long time ago. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to shut up. I am not going to be silenced. It's not happening with this preacher. If you want to go find a church where it's happening, there's plenty of them out there. Go join them. But we're going to take a stand. And having done all to stand, we're going to stand by the grace of God steadfast. We are not going to be conformed to this world. We refuse to love the world and the things that are in this world. If we were of the world, the world would love its own. Spiritual adultery, friendship with this world. That we should no longer live the rest of our time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness and lusts and excessive wine and reveling and banqueting and abominable idolatries, wherein they now think it strange that ye run not with them. You better stop running with the old crowd. Hey, you start standing up for what is good, what is righteous, that old crowd's going to leave you. You won't have to worry about leaving them. And let me remind you of one thing. The judgment seat is coming. Where we must all stand and give an account of the things that we have done, whether they be good or bad. Let's decide which side we're going to come down on. Amen, church? Well, I have a page and a half left. Guess I'm going to have to keep it for later. Let's pray.
You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.